0: Good morning. Omar and I, um, we, we tend to both get a little teary every now and then. And one of the, the best questions we get, other than, you know, who, who dresses you in the morning, <laughs> tends, tends to be, what makes you tear up? What makes you cry um, when, you're, when you're singing or, or when you're speaking about the Word? And, and the reality is, it's hope. It's almost always hope. It's it's a hope known and felt and undeserved. It's a hope that's indescribable and insurmountable. It it, it is a hope that is foreign and familiar. And, And hope conquers in each moment. And today we talk about that hope and his name is Jesus. You know, The reality of celebrating the resurrection started before we ever had a thought or an idea. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created this incredible place that we call home. And he placed Adam and Eve, and he he placed them in the garden. And and in their best self, their desire was to maintain what they knew but in and of themselves, they couldn't do it. And so God still in his plan and his sovereignty and his majesty, he found a man named Abram. And And he found Abram outside of the promise and he placed him into the promise. And he gave Abram this promise that through him, the world would be blessed. And if he would leave his home and go where God would call him and place him, that he would know a promise he could not imagine. A land beyond his ability and a people beyond his dreams. And and that promise was meant to be maintained in Abram's mind. And the reality was he tried and he fell. But that didn't stop the promise in the same way that Adam and Eve didn't stop creation. And through Abram, a great nation still came, and God rose up a deliverer. His name was Moses. Just one of God's people, no one significant on his own, but God placed him from obscurity into the house of Pharaoh in Egypt and he raised him there so that he might be able to lead his people to the promised land to taste and see how good God was and how truth and and faithful and true his promise was and so Moses led the people through the desert and all the way they tried to maintain the promise and they fell so God one day called, Ab, called Moses up on the mountain, and he gave him a law, and the law was a tutor, a guide, to teach them how to do or what to do, what was needed in order to live in the promise. And the tutor wasn't simply there to tell them what they were doing right, but what does a tutor do? She, Where she shows us what we're unable to do on our own. And so in the law, God made something clear for for maybe the, the most clear of the best time in history that man will never be able to maintain or hold on to a promise because of our brokenness. And in the law, God eventually called them to the promised land where nations were. And God raised a shepherd boy out in the promised land who had no right no reason to be where he was and he picked him up from the fields and he placed him in the palace and his name was David he didn't belong there he didn't earn it he was put there as a symbol like Moses like Abraham before him like Adam and Eve all real yet all examples and lessons for us David, the greatest king of Israel, the the one most remembered because in David's reign, Israel was united, one kingdom, the glory and the splendor of a man made Israel under a God graced people shined, and man tried to maintain it, and it fell. And the kingdom was divided, and it was captured. You see, because there's a pattern that God knew even the day he said, let there be. And he knew in his creation that from the start to the end, it would all point to one moment. And so in the reality of our inability to rebuild what has been broken or to maintain what is good, God conceived of a plan that no man could have ever conceived of, which was, it will take perfection, coming to earth to fix what has been broken that no man, no woman has ever been able to maintain, much less repair. And so, through a virgin young lady, devout to her Lord, the Lord made the word become flesh, and he dwelt among us, and his name is Jesus. Jesus and he lived a perfect life. And as you know, the perfect are the biggest attack, the good or the, the greatest gone after. But in his life, he did not stumble, he did not fall. Not only could he maintain, but individually you could see him heal what was broken, restore what had been rusted. And, and his disciples grew and the peoples rose. And the enemies of the Lord became jealous thinking they had a way to make Jesus fall to stop what was being done because it had never been done before. And jealousy had its way in its day. And the, the men who are kings of brokenness protected what they knew and joyfully led the Son of God to the cross. And on the cross, when men shouted victory, the Lord knew his plan was still in place. But on the Saturday, between the cross and the resurrection, I started to wonder. I wonder what it was like for the disciples in this point to see once again, to feel once again in this space in between is there anything that can repair the brokenness or is life about defending the familiar because fear doesn't desire another attempt fear desires a pausing an inclination to protect what is left like a a lesson learned Our family throughout um, this pandemic um, has started to get a little creative. Um, I I am really not the handiest, most gifted person in the world. Um, There's a reason that God called me to preach and not to construction. Most of my life, that's been really true. I've been on more mission trips and caused more pain on those trips than you would ever know. (laughs) But during the pandemic, we started to get a little creative and and risking it. We killed a few, few trees, planted a few more right we built a fire pit and a table but but recently my wife's uh, our whole marriage she's wanted a patio and a pergola of sorts so she could sit outside and and work and pray or or just have people over and so so a friend of mine gave me a magazine and it looked like a promise he said I bet Christy would like this and regretfully before I could put it against my chest she saw it and said that's beautiful and the promise was exciting because it was beautiful and I've never done anything like that but the promise is here and inside were the plans and I thought I can follow a plan and so in the midst of that months to come we we got some help we brought it together and we paid someone to pour the foundation because my foundation would be unstable And, and our job was to build the top the pergola, the pieces of it So we ordered all the wood and the day the wood came, my heart sank and I thought, Lord, forgive me, I know not what I've done. I was overwhelmed by what was in front of me and my hope was questioned the promise was questioned and i really thought for what i just spent on this wood i I really could go out for a, a nice vacation here in town or something i could go out to some great dinners i could detail her car i know i can do those things but this is scary and i'm invested And so whether fear was overcome by joy or by the fear of starting something and not finishing it, we moved and we started to build the framework. And when we got the framework of it up, we were about 60% of the way through but then we have a thousand little pieces that go up underneath it and around it and it's where the fine work comes in and I'm telling you as I looked at the pergola and the frame and the structure was in place I'm looking at it saying this is actually pretty good I wonder if they would take back all of this other wood because what I had in front of me was good enough And there was something inside of me that wanted to protect what I had because I had never seen outside of a picture, outside of a promise, what it could look like. And the reality is, I kinda liked what I had even though I knew it wasn't finished, even though I knew it wasn't enough. I was unsure if I would be able to complete the mission. And so the fear of messing up what I had was great. And we really had a come-to-Jesus moment because what we had was good, but what we had envisioned was great. And I just wasn't sure with what was envisioned, what I had not seen yet could actually come to be. You see, in that moment, I didn't realize that I was defending my fear. Instead of letting hope conquer my heart, have you ever been there? If you haven't, I'm not sure you would be speaking the truth because from the time of creation until today, I'm telling you fear desires to protect what I know no matter how broken it is, while hope calls us beyond fear to something more. Look in your Bible, Matthew chapter 27, verse 57 look at what scripture says and I just want to walk with you through this idea that you have been called to someone more and you're not the first and won't be the last but the invitation is you're still the same Matthew chapter 27 verse 57 when it was evening there came a rich man from Arimathea his name was Joseph who also was a disciple of Jesus. And when he went to Pilate and he asked for the body of Jesus, and Pilate ordered to be given to him. And Joseph took the body and he wrapped it in a linen shroud. And he laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut in the rock. And he rolled a great stone at the entrance of the tomb and he went away. And Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there sitting opposite of the tomb. Now go to verse 62 with me. The Bible says this the next day, that is after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how that imposter said while he was still alive, After three days, I will rise. There's a lot going on in this passage. In fact, there's a lot of fear going on in this passage in fact i would tell you the amount of fear going on in this package rivals the amount of fear our world has been saturated with over the past year but but its source is still the same protecting the broken you see in this moment jesus has been has been crucified he is dead he's not faking he's not in a coma he has truly died on the cross and his body wrapped up and laid in a tomb His disciples are nowhere to be found. They are silent for a reason. Because fear has captured them. Unsure of what to do, they are protecting what is left. The Pharisees, on the other hand, they've just won they just made progress they've just gotten their foot in the door they've just tasted a little bit of victory you would think when the pharisees had killed this man who threatened their system that there would be hope because now they have made progress because they have have won something but the reality is that fear is never satisfied and hate is never humbled and so in the middle of the victory, what are they afraid of? Look in your Bible once again. It just says, sir, verse 63, we remember how the uh, imposter said while we were still, while he was still alive and in three days, I will rise again. You see, they're, they're tempted to guard the progress that they've made because it's all they have and it's all that they know. Have you ever found yourself there in that moment looking at today through the lens of yesterday? Yesterday was horrible, today ain't great, but at least it's better than that. The goal is protecting what I know in order to protect where I've been or rewrite what I know. Either way, it's what I know and what I can change it into can make the world a better place can make my life a better place church I want you to know what fear says is do all that you can to restore and rewrite what was so that tomorrow can be a better yesterday the world says that but scripture does not scripture says all of your yesterdays point you to the perfect tomorrow that only comes through Jesus Christ You see, in Jesus Christ, we've been placed on a journey towards hope and freedom and life. And the world is pulling us back. In Genesis chapter 19, there's a story of Lot, Abraham's nephew. He settled close to a city. The cities were Sodom and Gomorrah. And God had determined that their sin was so great that they had embraced They had embraced the whims of man and the sins of men's heart to create a better world. And God determined that he would destroy it. But he said, for Lot and his family, I will save them. And on the way out of the city, Lot and his family marching towards the promise, walking towards the promise Lot's wife hearing the destruction possibly in its its background seeing the glow of her hometown it wasn't perfect it it was sinful she didn't love everything about it but it was her home so what does she do? scripture says she looks back and longs for yesterday more than tomorrow and in that taste the consequence of yesterday, it leads to brokenness in that moment her life is taken from her. Church, for you and for I, as you come here this Easter morning, are you giving your life to fight for the imperfect? Are, are are you walking the same road that men and women have walked since creation doing everything that you can do to maintain the broken pieces that you love the valuable assets that you have well the death the burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ says you don't have to believe you don't have to live that what you have seen is the best that will be You and I don't have to walk on a journey looking for men and women to worship, to want to emulate. We can look towards Christ and his word and realize that the broken men and women that we exalt because of X, Y, or Z are still the same broken men and women trying to maintain what men and women have never been able to maintain. What would you do to maintain the broken to defend your fear? Look what happens in scripture in verse 64 and verse 65. The Bible says it this way. Therefore, the Pharisees said, open the tomb and be made to secure until the third day. lest the disciples go and steal them away and tell the people he is risen from the dead. And then the last fraud will be worse than the first. So Pilate said to them, take a guard of soldiers, go and make it as secure as you can. So they went and made the tombs secure by sealing the stone and by setting the guard. Church, I, I just want you to see us today. The Pharisees are men and women. They were despised by the society that went above them but tolerated because they were a powerful movement. And the people underneath them gave them that influence and they were afraid that fraud by trickery by words could change that and so what did they do when when Pilate said go and secure it as secure as you can what he's saying is just get out of my way I don't have time for you anymore just do what you want if you're afraid if you're more afraid of fraud than the real McCoy that's ridiculous but if that's what it is go for it and so they, they asked Pilate and his soldiers for two things. One, to seal the stone. The stone being sealed might have been a, a rope dipped in wax. And where the rope meets, the, the seal comes together. The signature of Rome, the authority of Rome. To break the seal would be to challenge the authority of the mightiest government, of the mightiest people on the face of the earth. To do so would be certain death. There is no group of rebels, no rabble rousers that would dare think that their authority was greater than Rome. But that was insufficient. They said, We want to place soldiers at the stone. I, I enjoyed going through history. Omar and I had fun, you know, sneaking around the, the museums this week. And so I got this bug for history do you know that the roman soldiers that their plan that their approach that their attack the first four months especially of their training was very little to do with weapons it was very much to do with unity you see because their training was such that they believed wholeheartedly if a group of men could move as one and think as one and act as one then there is no body or group of people that can break the unit, the oneness. And so after they became one, then they became mighty in their craft. Now they are both deadly and united. You see, to attack that one unit, that group, would mean certain death because the power of Rome and the training of these men it could never be overcome by these Jewish disciples of Jesus Christ so not only would it both end in their death they were doing all that they could to remind the world that someone out there is greater than someone in there in the tomb church have you ever considered in your life how we do that? Have you ever considered how in your life we, we make uh, this, this request, we, we bury our secrets, we, we put on our bruises, put makeup on our bruises, we muster up smiles, we cling to trinkets, we hope in our heritage, we, we look for, for life, and we, we just wrap ourselves up with all of these authorities that are familiar and none of them sufficient. Have you in your life ever found yourself defending fear, the fear of losing your identity, the fear of being someone else, the fear of being treated poorly, the fear of having a family that is too much like the family you grew up in and not enough like the family you wanted to have? Have you in your life been caught defending the fear against what could be? because there's comfort in the hurt. There's security in an order that we all know isn't perfect. Man, have you set up soldiers around the home you live in maybe you love jesus but those around you do not but you're afraid that the broken treaty of peace could be worse off if jesus were to reign in your life and you were to live for him like you were called to because it would unsettle the treaty so if you put soldiers around your life have you put this seal of authority on your life too afraid to to follow jesus christ knowing that you are broken knowing that that you are afraid of what could be because you haven't been there you haven't pictured it you haven't known life as christ called you to have you put a a seal around your life to keep you from following christ to the altar to the closet to pray To love the Lord and believe in him more than anything that you see around you. If you have, you're in good company. I've never met a man, woman, or child who's not done any different, including myself, because it's easy to say, Lord, what you have given me so far is more than enough. I'm fine where I am. Church, let me tell you something good. The story of the resurrection is the story that Paul repeats in Philippians, that he who began the good work isn't weighing it against yesterday. He's not talking about your life in scales. At least it's better than theirs that he who began the good work in you will see it through to the finish line, to completion, to wholeness. We have a God and a Father who since the beginning of time has had a plan and would see it through to its fullness, to completion. No matter how many times men failed, maintenance fell, lives fell apart. No, how many times men rebelled or fear was defended, it didn't stop God's plan. Why? Because God is the conquering victor. He always has been. He always will be. And through Jesus Christ, we see something incredible happen in a moment. Matthew chapter 28, verse 1. Read it with me. The Bible says it this way. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the day of the first week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven. And he came home and he rolled back the stone. And his appearance was like lightning and his clothing like snow and his fear of him was on the guards and they trembled and they became like dead men. This is the secret of Easter, of the resurrection. That the authority of the greatest people in the world at that time just like the authority of all the other great peoples that had ever been was not just challenged but broken and overcome by the thought by the resurrection by the coming of jesus christ you see there's not a power that has more authority than the lord almighty There is no inspiration that men have had or or come that supersedes what the Lord has shown us. In his word, he reveals at church. In that moment, the guards who were one, who were fierce and fighting, who were all in all, the best of the best, they fell as dead men at the whisper of the king coming. Church, Jesus didn't lift a hand against the authority because he didn't have to. He had victory by being who he was. Jesus didn't put up a fight. Do you you realize there's no recollection? There's no recount of how the soldiers passed out, of how Jesus snuck up behind him and said, ha ha, and he defeated them all. Did you notice? My family grew up watching wrestling. This story would look like a wrestling match. The, The soldiers in the ring waiting for the opponent to come out. When the music plays for the coming victor, they just fall down, that's over. There's no match to be won. Just the truth that Jesus is was enough to defeat what man was trying to protect. How do I know? Because since the beginning, God has made sure that the brokenness of man would be insufficient. That the reality of our best would fall at the feet of the lord verse 5 through 10 say it this way well the angels came to the women and said don't be afraid could you imagine the seals broken a bunch of roman soldiers passed out on the ground you came up with a bag of goodies thinking what do we do here could you imagine the fear i don't want anyone to blame us (laughs) the two women we took them all out it was a it was a big fight Don't be afraid. I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified, and he is not here, for he has risen. And he has come to come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell the disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. Therefore, you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed and quickly from the tomb and ran in great joy and great fear to tell the disciples. Verse 9. And behold, Jesus met them and said greetings. And they came and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. And he said, don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, for there they will see me. Church, have you ever lost sight that Jesus Christ is not simply a man, he was not simply a good person, but he is the conquering king. That he is the one who has done what no one else could do. He has broken what was holding back life. And he has found himself healing what no man could ever restore. You know, I read this and I wish for myself that in this part of the Bible there was really a a YouTube video of what and how it happened. But there's a reason that Jesus came and he died and he rose again when he did and how he did. And that's because who he is and what is ahead is still more than that moment have you ever considered that have you ever realized that Jesus Christ that he didn't die and rise again so that you could be a better person the rest of your life have you ever considered for a moment that his victory was greater that his hope was more than you pictured in the book. Have you ever thought the greatest imaginations of man, the greatest musings of our mind, are just as broken as we think of eternity as our sins were that caused Jesus to die on the cross? what if the truth is as scripture shows us that the promises we hold to are meant for even more the garden the call of abram the promised land the united kingdom the conquering son and life to the he tells the women I can't imagine as they worshipped him their fear defeated and no longer defending at the feet of the only one who could ever restore what had been broken and he says don't stay go and tell there's more to come church this morning that is the truth of the resurrection and this moment we find ourselves in is a moment of reality whom do you worship what dream are you protecting and what brokenness are you exalting You see, the women in this moment, they abandoned their thoughts of what could be. Of how God might renew or rebuild this moment. Because Jesus conquered their heart. And in their worship, they lived in obedience. Knowing that tomorrow would be even better than that moment, as unbelievable as it was. But there's another choice in this moment. The Bible says in verse 20, chapter 28, verse 11, that while the women, while they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and they told the chief priests all that had taken place. And when they had assembled with elders and taken counsel, they had sufficient sum of money to the soldiers. And he said, tell this to the people. The disciples came by night and they stole him while we were asleep and if it comes to the governor's ears we'll satisfy him and keep you out of trouble so they took the money and they did was, as they were directed and this story has been spread among the Jews to this day you see if you really for a moment allow Jesus to catch your eye then the choice is one of two things knowingly live a lie keep telling yourself that denying the victor will lead you to a better place than following the victor. Perpetuate whatever reality you can to put a little band-aid on your wound to present yourself as people have seen you or you thought they have or In this moment, drop the story and allow your brokenness and your fear to have no guard and no seal. And follow Jesus Christ. It begins like this. To confess him as Lord, the women worshiped him. And to follow him as king, they obeyed him. Let's pray together. Father God, we love you. In this moment, Lord, we praise you for the truth that we get overwhelmed by what we have not experienced yet, by what we have not seen yet. And all the other is the truth, God, that we are unable to maintain where we've been, much less what we have. And so, God, I just pray that this moment, your spirit, your truth, would rest on this place. Lord, so that everyone watching, everyone listening, Lord, that we might know in this moment there is one king and one victor, and his name is Jesus. And there is no other way because there has never been any other way. So, God, I I pray that you would make it clear confession of the heart Jesus I have been building my life around the best brokenness I've ever known but I believe in you that there's better, that there's more Father God if any man or woman boy or girl has spoken those words Lord in their hearts to you today God I pray God Lord that they would know God that that is the cry of surrendering to victory a confession of new life in Jesus Christ we pray this in your name amen church would you stand with me this morning as we have a time here. This is a time of response and of invitation at First Baptist. It's a time where we allow the altar to be open for prayer and to worship the Lord. It's a time where we'll have ministers at the front, deacons to speak and to pray with you. Maybe in this moment, you came in today a semi-follower of Jesus, kind of balancing the scales of your life, thinking a little bit more of Jesus than anything else, and you're good. And today, you've been reminded that Jesus is not the victor of a little bit better. He is the victor of completion and completed things. And you need to own up and give all the glory and credit to Him in your life. If that's where, where God is moving, you can give Him your heart where you are at the altar or we can pray with you. But if you came in this room and the seals of man, the hopes of your history have been draping your body, standing guard around your home, my, my, it, my plea to you would be, be honest before the Lord. Because there is one who can break the seal and show you that death doesn't belong where you stand. And if you need to know more about the Son of God, during this time, you can come and we'll pray and visit with you. However God calls you as we sing,
1: would you just respond? Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise His name forever. break of dawn the son of heaven
0: that that truth would not be spoken simply in this room but Lord like like the ladies who, who left the tomb Lord that we couldn't stop from singing we couldn't stop from declaring the truth of the conquering king who fixed what was broken who renewed what had never been restored and who made new where men had built father Lord, I pray that the idols of our homes and our hearts, of our dreams and our plans, Lord, that they would crumble. Lord God, we cannot go back and start again. There is no sin that can be undone. Or there is no winding back the clock as we look around, Lord. But that is not cause for defeat, but rejoicing, Lord. Because in this moment, surrendering our life to you, surrendering our families to you, surrendering our future to you. Lord, you are just as potent and powerful today as the day when those Roman soldiers fell and the seal was broken. So Lord, in this moment, you can rewrite our story and our futures. So Father, let us lay them before you. In Jesus' name, amen.